everyone. Thank you for listening to The Woke Agent. I am your host, Tiffany Jarvis. I'm a local real estate agent in Lexington, Kentucky, and this is the podcast where I talk to my friends in the business about how they run their business, their opinions, their outlooks on the industry ahead, and just how they stay woke. We do deals with these people all the time. We never know anything about them, and I am here to change that. Today is one of my favorites. It's Amy Van Winkle. Oh my gosh, thank Hi. you. Hi. Welcome to my Wokerage. So excited to be here. <laughs> really, really super excited. So you made a big announcement yesterday um, on your Facebook, and I want to talk about that. Okay. Um, tell me... Tell me what you got going on there. Sure. Okay. So, um, yeah, you're right. That's a big one. Um, I am, I am, so let's start, maybe a little rewind. I am an agent for Keller Williams here in Lexington, um, part of Keller Williams Greater Lexington, but I took a role um, to join on with a large expansion team out of Portland. We are called the United Home Group. Um, We have a few hundred partners right now with a goal of, I think we're in 24 states with a goal of being in all of the states by, I think, the end of next year. So what does this mean, expansion team? So a person in Oregon, like a mega agent, has a team Mm -hmm. and decided that he wants to start a team in New Mexico and Lexington and Indianapolis or wherever. So that's exactly it. So he did start. So um, our owner is Cody Gibson. Cody is out of Portland and um, had a group out there that um, decided that they wanted to spill out outside of their, their region. And then, you know, they started to look at the model and how they could take their model of what they were doing, which was, you know, fully functional, high, high level real estate where, you know, you have everything, including your marketing and your signs and your transaction and your, you know, everything all inclusive and, you know, again, uh, and things like additional, like, like coaching, et cetera, et cetera. And then taking that and, and picking that up and moving it into another market. And so what they started to do was identify, you know, uh, other agents such mm-hmm. as, you know, people like you that were, that were already active in their in their maybe in their MLS or in their local area but also looking to grow and expand and looking for bigger opportunity to to build their big their business a little larger so really it is something that you know it gives opportunity for us to take a fantastic um you know concept that would take us tons and tons of time and tons of resources to really build and replicate and really actually just take that and and plug in and and even more so for that agent that's, you know, maybe a newer agent or an agent that is in production but doesn't necessarily have the time to be able to do all of those things. Um, it's an option for them to come in and just really plug in and, and find something. That, so when you say yeah. resources, mm-hmm. who do you have to pay for things like that? Or does the, the person in Oregon kind of foot that bill for you to, to build a brand like him? Right. So does that make sense? Uh, so building the brand. So are you? Are, are we taking that as if I were an agent plugging into the United Home Group in the expansion team? Well, the way in my mind, and I, I don't know a, a whole lot about these expansion teams, yeah. and I, I'm not at KW, but I'm I'm I want to learn. <laughs> um, so this guy, let's say he. You know, you're saying that he would provide signs and, and marketing and what he's doing in Oregon. He's just going to take that success and move it to Lexington, Kentucky. And you are going to be, what was his name again? So Cody. Cody. Gibson. So you are going to be the Cody in Lexington, basically? 
Yeah, so our regional, my region, I'll, I'll pull back even a little bit farther. So my region specifically um, is Ohio Valley. I represent the area, and and since it is Keller Williams uh, based, we have 28 market centers in our in our region. You have 28 so, Keller Williams in the Ohio Valley region. That is correct. Okay. So. Um, within those you know i'm looking for talent and people that are you know wanting to to join a team so you're looking for agents to join a team and you would be the team leader or would would he be the team leader kind of in that theory what you just said is is right so i would be yes that, that yes of, and yes <laughs> yes yes and yes i am kind of their resource and they're what you would you know air quote team lead call it a team leader but mostly okay. that, that that person that is a resource for them to be able to to learn at a high level to you know ask questions to to find answers and and for them to again just to be able to to ease of business for them to be able to to go and just sell real estate so if they have a question on their go-to person if they have an ethics question obviously they're going to go to their broker and that's the greatest part about it when you have a a mega team that might have a hub in that portland area you still have local boots on the ground um so you know for me it's something that i i find I think that we look at it and we, we're looking for elite agents, but we're also looking to grow people into that kind of elite agent thing. And you asked me a question, I think, you know, kind of before we we started this um, podcast about, um, you know, what can we do for agents to kind of grow um, respect around our industry? And I think that yes. kind of number one um, thing is that training piece and, 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 and creating expectation that our agents are, or our partners, I should say, even better, are our, our biggest focus because when we can focus on them and their excellence, then you know they're growing that industry and they're creating more respect in that industry. And I think that that's where we really, um, where I personally, as I'm launching this this um, this region, want to want to make sure that I'm heading that you know we have great agents that do great things. So when I when I think of a team, when mm-hmm. I especially think of a traditional Keller Williams mm-hmm. model team. You've got your team leader who um, hires maybe, you know, they'll have an assistant first and then they'll hire a buyer's agent and then maybe more buyer's agents. But that team lead does the listings Um, unless, you know, they get so big that they eventually hire a listing uh, coordinator, a listing uh, specialist, and then they just they just talk on the phone all day, I guess. (laughs) I don't really I don't really know. But let's say, you know, that person you know, here's here's my two cents. Yeah, I'm not going to join a team unless you, you know, as a new agent, if I'm a new agent, I'm not going to join a team unless you're giving me leads because that's the reason that we're here. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I if I had the book of business already in my hands, I wouldn't be joining a team. Right. So how does that, you know, how do, what does your role, if someone is new and says, Amy, I want to be on your expansion team, mm-hmm. How does how do I get leads and do they come from you or do they just come from that other person? And if they do, what's the benefit of them joining this team if they've already got the leads? Yeah. Um, okay. So I just threw a lot at you. you I'm did. very and sorry. I think no, that's that's fine because <laughs> I think all of it really fundamentally comes down to. We talk about being a lead generator. It, it doesn't matter whether you are an individual agent or on a team or wherever you are. 
ultimately our job as real estate agent is to lead right. right right and so when you know when you're given other tools and systems that you don't have to worry about i think this is where joining a team can you can see that so benefit. you're it would be more like assistant help or contract help uh, things Coaching like that and any kind of yeah any kind of um that assistance to be able to do anything else and that's that's i think fundamental from we'll look at like the MREA, right? So, you know, you go in there and you're looking at what is an MREA? The MREA is the millionaire real estate agent. So definitely suggest that if you are a new agent, if you're any agent to to put that I have it. Stephanie Kellerman gave it to me and I tried to read it and it was it's I'm sorry, but I kept I kept reading reading it and I was (laughs) I kept reading and kept reading and it was like, I'm gonna tell you how to be successful. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you and it never Told me. Never finally does. So maybe at the end, it was like, here's how to do it. No. You work your ass off. That's right. Oh my gosh. Well, more than anything, you know what? Just hustle. That is real estate. That's what we know. When that is business, that's what we know. And but sales. I kept waiting. I'm like, where is it? Where is it? <laughs> when you're reading it, and, and so what you really need to, not, I'd say go back and look at it. And I think I think breaking it down into that kind of workshop uh, and looking at things. So really, it's about knowing your numbers, right? And, and, and knowing where you are and where you stand. So we talk about databases and feeding that database and, and you know, what we're doing to get those leads that means that we're having more conversations so then you know you start to work through that book and it starts to make as a new agent maybe the language isn't quite there but as a more experienced agent after you have a few you know deals under your belt or you're looking to learn to grow you look at this book as not necessarily a you know guide on real estate but it's a guide on sales and and i think that's across industries and i think that you know we talk about brokerages and different you know large brokerages and and Mm -hmm. smaller ones that we go but the fundamentals of business and business building in sales especially are are there in that book and i think it actually is like the book of books to really be able I to feel like that. the past two or three episodes that I've done they've all mentioned this book it's and I don't necessarily think they're Keller agents it's it's all kinds of people yeah. talk about this book yeah so. absolutely and, and you know a couple of years ago there was even then and, and then kind of article mm-hmm. that came out and there was that you know they referenced that MREA and whether or not it was still relevant and I remember them having that conversation on stage and you know kind of going back and forth between um, Brad Edmund and Gary Keller and and you know they were meanwhile running a poll under it and um you know asking if it was still relevant and all of the audience I mean, was like 90 yeah. percent of the people it doesn't yes. it doesn't change i right. mean sales doesn't change i mean whether right. we're selling whatever a widget yeah. like it didn't change 50 years ago and it's it's, it's so not true. really going to change look i mean ricky caruth says mm-hmm. the the agent that's going to get the most business is the one that talks to the most people yes. and that's just how it is that's exactly right and so you know and i think so it looks at that and you know you you can look at a book that's you know aging and it's aging gracefully i would say but also yeah. you know it doesn't mean that that we aren't changing with times and that we aren't going and turning into a digital thing so exactly or a digital world so exactly what you just said i think that that sales the process hasn't changed it is that how can we get in front of more and more people and create that one-to-one relationship. Um, and I think that our job at that point is to find that is our 20% as agents is, is finding those people and having more and more conversations. I can't make 50 phone calls, you know, an hour and, and have 50 conversations. So how am I now working to talk to find that you know that avenue so is that 
Facebook ads? Is that, you know, some sort of, you know, brand building online? Is that bomb bomb or whatever it is, you know, technology wise. So I think a little bit of, you know, just to pull back for one second in my, my quote RD role here is also that research and development side too. And okay. really think about, you know, while your job is, or, you know, an agent's job is to sell real estate. My job is also to kind of understand the way that our, our market is going and the way that sales are turning and the way that, you know, you're going to find the best, that best return on kind of that lead investment, right? So you also have a a business here. You're running Limestone and Mm -hmm. Company, Mm -hmm. um, and that is your real estate business here, locally. Locally. So that is, you are, you are still, Amy is still Limestone and Co. Yes. And you're also, you're also moving into this. It's not, it seems more like a, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, more like an educational type? Yeah, that's exactly thing. it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in this new role, so um, I'll, I'll break apart Limestone & Co. and stuff too. Um, but in this role, one of the one of the biggest parts of, of my job is is to understand again, you know, what's going on in the market and, and understand our industry, you know, better and better and better. And then it's to go around and teach. It's to go around to my to my region and not not just in the Keller brand and the Keller thing. It is for all agents that are out there. And I think that that's the number one thing that you know we can do as as people that are curious is learn and then give what we learn to. Tell to me, you people. get paid for this girl. Oh, absolutely. Good. But well, and so, but <laughs> I say that, but also you know realize that too. And again, going back to any sales. Um, it's productivity based. It's always going to be productivity based. And, and, and the more I do and, and the more I, I am able to give to other people, you know, the more that I am going to be able to, to have. So the more value I give, the more value I get. So is it's called United. Mm-hmm, the United Home Group. United Home Group. Is that already a group around our region and there's already agents in it? Or is this a whole new thing that you've got to recruit new people to be on this? Yes. Um, so we actually did launch a couple of years ago here in, um, in our area and did not do a, um, so was this the company that Tara was part of? I remember this. So Tara made a decision instead of staying with um, this, she went into uh, full, full agent coaching. So maps coaching and, um, decided that, that she wanted to work with, um, clients that were at, so uh, 500 sales and plus a year. So she's coaching at a different, totally different scale, different level. And um, so Tara did launch it. And then we had some great partner agents that were there and then um, pulled back after this, she decided to step off. So um, let those agents, you know, go back into that wherever they decided they felt comfortable. And um, some of them were, I should say, are still coached by, um, some of the other, some of the other RDs in other regions. Okay. So I do get to inherit some really awesome people, just a few. And then after that, you know, and, and then great, great relationship with that. But after that, my, yeah, my job is to go around and to and bring people in, to bring people in, seek talent, you know, yeah. and, and, um, really focus on my core group of people that are, you know, are looking for this kind of an option. So let's talk about Limestone, yeah. Limestone, mm-hmm. <laughs> Limestone and Co., just rolls off. No, I think so. <laughs> it's great. Um, so, and the logo is great. It's uh, just great branding. Um, you are, you're kind of one of those people that when I think of downtown agents, I, I include you in that core group of people. And always like really interesting, cool properties that like, I'm like, man, I want to live there. Right. Um, so it's almost, you're kind of building this business, it seems, of 
properties that you want to live in. That's you exactly know? right. And it's cool. So let's, what, what is Limestone Co. and Co.? Like, where is this going and, and what's it all about? Yeah. Um, so originally when I kind of came into, we'll, we'll, we'll go back with that Keller Williams thing. When I came in there, I looked at it and I said, you know, I want to build a business because I knew that I could build a business inside of a business. So just because I'm brokered by a certain brokerage doesn't mean that my business doesn't get to have its own kind of model. But where, where were you before that? Um, I was at a smaller brokerage. Okay. I, should I mention? I yeah. Say, yeah. Matter. Right? It's LRC. Um, I was downtown. Downtown. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I started with there um, and and Joy Moore was my broker at the yeah. time. And gosh, you know, she was, was, is, she's a dear friend and she is an incredible person. Her and Phil Hollebeck was her, is her brother. And, um, you know, Phil focuses obviously on the downtown development area. And I just felt like that was the right place to place myself having my background be in, you know, in design and architecture yeah. and, and, um, you know, and, and very specifically in the downtown Lexington area. I've been in downtown Lexington for, gosh, I mean, I started at Gray Construction in 2006, I think. So yeah, I mean, it's just always been a passion of mine to kind of grow that downtown area. And we've seen so much, you know, change over yes. the years. I just kind of always wanted to play a part, some, some sort of part in the growth of Lexington, you know, whatever that is, if that's just networking and connecting people or, you know, getting the luxury of working on cool places like, like Fuji, you know. Um, so going back to Limestone and Co, while I might be kind of, so, so I am stepping into real estate sales if I am doing any sort of sales through the United Home Groups, this gets a little convoluted. So I, but I will keep Limestone & Co. Um, going because exactly like you said, it is something that is focused on houses that we love, yes. homes that we really love, businesses that we love, and, and, and see as something that could help grow commerce in Lexington and Frankfurt. Actually, we're looking at Frankfurt right now. So when you say we, um, is it you? Who is we? Is it, it is, you and an assistant or? Yeah, it's me. I've got an assistant I've, and, and I pull in people here and there for, you know, especially with some of the flips that we're working on. You know, we've, con we've got contractors. I've got people that will contract with um, design. Um, and you know, just see, I didn't know things. you were doing flips. Are you, I know you're involved in a lot of mm -hmm. apartment communities, like the ones on Alexandria. Right. Right. So that's actually, I call them the Cowabunga apartments. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, they really are the retros, um, and, and that is actually <laughs> urbanized. Which my my office is over with those guys. Yeah, um, but you you have a relationship with them. I do. And they're starting to do that in Frankfurt, aren't mm -hmm. they? They're going a little cowabunga in Frankfurt. A little, little bit cowabunga in Frankfurt. We actually, and so not <laughs> Which is only cool. that, it is. It's so fun. And, you know, it's 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 great. The Did y'all message... know this is a woman that does all this, isn't it? Uh, it's it, a woman, right? Lana is our property, or is the property manager. I thought so... it was a woman that owned, like, all those and, like, does that design and, like, all that mm -mm. retro stuff. Oh. No, that's actually Danny. Danny's strong. Well, so oh. Nick and Danny, but Danny's very much the one that is. Boo. Like, well, you know what? No, <laughs> no, one okay. of their biggest points is that they. They, they are very, very, very like that was actually one of their their biggest things is that they're very they want they want women to run their company. They you know they want it they ran properly. They, well, exactly, so they know that's exactly <laughs> it. They make the joke a lot, but you know, I, like ultimately, you know, I sit back and I look, and, and you know, their crew leaders are, are women. They're and this is their construction team, um, and then you know, Lana is also there just running it, you know, running the show. Exactly. That's that's why that's yeah. why I'm there. Um, so I get the I get the. I, 
the privilege, I should say, to work alongside um, of, so we have a co-share space, office space down mm-hmm. um, at the Laurel Lard Lofts. And um, uh, I get the, the privilege of working with those guys. So and, you and work out things. of Lorillard. You don't necessarily work out of that office in Hamburg. That's correct. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I will. We're, we're um, opening as a new branch um, or a new You're office. You're opening a new office and it's yeah, huge. It's huge and it's going to be super neat um, and pretty. And I think the aesthetic is, is nice, you know. And I saw, you I was over there eating at uh, somewhere the other day and I looked over and I saw, yeah. I think the sign was up. Yeah, I think it's The sign's up already right up and I was like, oh my gosh, it's huge. It's, it's going to be, it's just, it's super rad. We needed that. You know, we've got so many, we've got I think we're just under 200 right now in our brokerage. But it's going to get, I mean, as the, if the market continues to be like it is, Mm -hmm. it will just keep growing and growing. I think so. I mean, who knows what it's going to do, but I think as we ebb and flow, like as as soon as we're up, Mm -hmm. like all these new agents are going to come in and, you know, not every brokerage is hiring brand new people. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, like I've had several friends come to me and they're like, I'm going to get my real estate license. And when I was at Remax, I was like, look you need to go to Keller Williams. And I sent them over there because we, we were not equipped to train and and nurture new agents. And that's just how it was. So I I think, um, I think if you're a new person, you're, you might be doing yourself a disservice. I mean, I, I, that's just the way I feel about it. By coming in, by coming in, by coming in and joining either a, you know, a small company, um, yeah, you know, yeah. I love I love where I am. I love the brokerage, but do I think we're uh, super equipped to handle brand new? You know, right. I've never even had a real job before. No, I don't necessarily think that. So, you know, I would tell them to look at KW. Yeah, um, I, I think I think when you're thinking from a business perspective, you know, and if I had to if I had to do it again, um, I wouldn't change a thing because I. I know what I know now and and I get to share that message now with with people that that do come in and 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 prior to this you know I I was in that role of of helping navigate the new agent waters and um you know again it's not about that it's about it is about training it's not about brokerage specific yes of course I love Keller Williams but for that reason but it is it's a coaching and training company first and and now you know it's it's technically what we've called ourselves is it, we're shifting into a technology-based company so you know you come in and and, and you plug in at a at a well as soon as everything's up and running because it's not there yet almost big secret um <laughs> you'd think that it's like you know we're at 100 percent and we're running there but we're not but we are heading that direction of of being a fully technology-based company where you come in and plug in as a new agent and you don't have to worry about all the the archaic stuff that you know we've we've all had to yeah. kind of go through yeah so i think you're right um as a new agent coming in to somewhere that that focuses on that training and I do think that we get a little bit of a bad rap for just, you know, bringing just anybody in. Well, see, I've talked a lot about this. Uh-huh. I talked to Josh Shepler about it sure. um, on the show. And um, I've, I, someone else I had talked to it about as well. That, um, and Marianne, actually. Marianne yeah. Morse, your, your broker. Yay. Your lovely broker. Uh-huh. Um, great, great human. I mean, just really. So when, when I first started in 2015... I wanted I wanted to be in that office as well, and it just it wasn't it just didn't happen sure. for me. Um, Dana was recruiting back then, and it was not Gary Keller that was he he had stepped mm-hmm. down, and someone else was doing it. And their model was like, 
hire anybody, get them in the door. Gross. And now, which is, you know, Dana was great at that. Like, she <laughs> she is a recruiting machine. She is. You know, that's what she's she is known for, you know. But now, uh, Marianne was talking about this big shift of, like, we have gone from that into, you know, quality people. You know, we're not right. just, like, looking for anybody that can come in the door. And when I went to the Zillow conference in October, they, two years ago, actually, they had talked about the shift in the market mm-hmm. and how brokers are going to be competing for top talent. Yeah. And it's it's here. Absolutely. It's happening. It so I, I think it's an interesting shift now that Gary is back at the helm and he's like, you know, we, don't, we might not want to take everybody. Hold up, guys. Right. Yeah. So that that is such a long conversation, and and I I really do feel yes, it was. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I don't mean you and I. I just mean the conversation in general, because um, and this goes back to to growth goals or what we call growth goals sometimes, and 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 we talk about this this theory that um, you can quote gross out your problems by creating an environment of productivity based agents or productivity-based activities and 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 when you yes it is great to focus on those core people and those core recruits but then at some point you know in in a capped model system which I think you guys even have here Mm -hmm. so you understand that and and for people that don't know it's you know you pay up to a certain amount into your company and then after that if you're making that 100% um, kind of commission then you're no longer you know giving money back to that company which means that money oh not true my friend (laughs) oh not true when you are working under a franchise you we do have a franchise fee but you all have a franchise fee that caps as well that's correct I did not have that right so it's a lot of money. It is. It is. It can be. And, and I think that goes back to where we were talking about earlier, productivity. So, we, you know, when, when we're sitting around and, and we're not selling that kind of real estate before we could ever get to that cat base, um, that's, you know, that that's hard. It's great. It's yeah. great for those, you know, the, the, that, you know, I should say. Let me let, let me pull back. <laughs> it's great for some people. It's not great for all of us. And, and so, yeah. you know, um, I think that that. Uh, Places like here, places like even Remax and 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 even Keller Williams at a, at its highest level, it is the place to go when you are a productive agent, when you're a full time agent that really wants to focus on creating a lifestyle of real estate and real estate sales, maybe even real estate investment. Um, it allows you to have those higher level conversations with more productive people, which means I think you shift your activities away from those non-producing activities <laughs> and start to get back into that. And then when you can kind of create that environment and, and you tend to have that kind of environment with more people, because eventually those people that don't want to do it. Whoops. We oh, coffee that. spill. Coffee spill. Oh, Not no. too bad. It it's okay. Just one drop. But this one little is drop. so pretty and white. And oh my goodness. I <laughs> it's just... like a damn hospital, don't it? <laughs> it does. It's so pretty in here, though. I do. I love it. I, you know, it's it's fresh and it's nice. It smells nice. Oh, that's me, girl. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. Well, you know, it's not me. I told you. So I, I uh, going back on that, I want to ask you yeah. then your opinion and your thoughts on the discount brokerage. Mm-hmm. Um. So, you know, there are discount brokerages in town. They're bigger than KW. Sure. Um, at their height, they were bigger than KW. They might still be. I don't know. Um, you know, we say, I say discount brokerages, but they're not. Right. They're not like other markets that have, you know, Redfin's a huge thing in other markets. Mm-hmm. It's not such a huge thing here. Right. Is that coming here? Um, 
Do you think? I think it can. I think absolutely. Is it Busy could. Bee Realty gonna just take a? When I first I, started, and I people were terrified of that. They're like, Busy Bee's <laughs> gonna just take all of our jobs, and I'm like, well, market. you know, five years later, it's this much right. of a market. So I don't know. think that we'll see a Busy Bee, and and the reason that that you know what, what we're going for that, that flat fee that flat type, fee yeah, because it does. You know, when you're at that at that total side where you are flat fee. Your broker is not involved. You're not getting that kind of training. You don't. You don't really. It, you're, it's up to you. Yeah. And all of that money that you spend, you're going to find that. You know, you're going to find that other places have resources that are a lot cheaper for you to be able to. You know, educate yourself into how to grow a business inside of that real estate um, world. And then you know, you shift it all the way back to that other side and look at that traditional model. The you know, kind of traditional what we I, I would say 80-20 split or whatever 70-30 mm-hmm. um, that never changes. You know, we talk about how expensive it can be to run a business under that and you're kind of their slave I feel I mean I I feel I I don't quite mind the discount or the Mm -hmm. flat fee type brokers as much as I mind the mining me forever (laughs) that is taking every damn dollar that I make you know and I don't mean a dollar I mean 30 percent forever right I kind of mind that may or may not I mind it like real value or real like things because I mean they're literally a money vacuum look if you if you are an agent and you are spending you know there are agents out there that are spending 80 90 thousand dollars for a broker that doesn't do anything that other brokers are not doing. Right. You are doing yourself a real disservice, yeah. my friend. Absolutely. And I don't care where you go. I don't care where you go, but you gotta you gotta change with the times, man. Absolutely. Man, and not only that, and just just from looking at it from a smart business perspective, if I like if I'm signing on to a traditional brokerage and I'm giving all of that money, all that money I could have saved to to invest in my own company, into my own, you know, whatever it is, and then knowing that if I'm in that kind of middle ground that, that interdependent kind of style brokerage where you know I get to go do but I have a, a broker that can answer my compliance questions whatever that is somebody that that can just answer my questions that's all I need and then let me go on my way um I, I would pay for that you know that's the value that I want more than anything is just somebody to be there to, to just be there when to I need clean it. up my shit Catch me when like, I fall. Yeah, just like then, when when a deal goes south, I need somebody to be there then. But I need somebody to sign like, my waiver that says I need to have this deal. <laughs> right? No, <laughs> but I um I have I've talked to a lot of people in depth about that mm-hmm. particular model and and I think we're shifting. It's that um time. I think we really are. But Lexington, I mean, Rector has a huge yeah. uh, stronghold in this market. They were when you think real estate, you know, a lot of old timers they mm-hmm. think Rector Hayden, and I I totally get that. But yeah. I'll be damned if I'm going to pay somebody Dude. eighty ninety thousand dollars just to make just to sell real estate why because you input my listings I'm gonna tell you right now that takes me every bit of 10 minutes it goes back for I have to then believe in your brand so much that you are and and that your value that you're giving back to me is so huge that you know I'm I'm buying totally into your brokerage whatever that is like I I am now a full-on say for that example for Rector or whatever it is I'm now a, a Kool-Aid drinker for Rector. right and I'm like you know and it's so funny because we get you know that comparison so often and I'm like man like but at least I cap out <laughs> like I'm like, at, least at least I'm, I'm not like, paying yeah, 80 grand exactly. for for what exactly. like no I am um, I have so many questions wrote down for Gosh, you I know, that I, I know. we've got so many and you know things. I can so <laughs> uh, that was 30 minutes and 49 seconds so I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears and I'm gonna talk about Amy oh. 
What? So I know what you did before real estate, but can you talk a little bit about what your background yeah. is before you started selling houses? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, so we, I touched on this a little bit a, a little while ago in um, 2006. I started working at Gray Construction in their design um, side and I so I, I went to UK I went to um, are you uh, from Lexington I'm from Richmond Kentucky so originally. close yeah, yeah. close I, I got out of here the second I turned <laughs> you know I graduated and was like yeah. I'm, I'm out of here I'll see you guys later <laughs> no offense to Richmond if anybody's listening um no, total offense. That place is a is a is a can be a hole, and it, it it's, yeah. Um, I went to college there. I know. Oh uh, yeah, it's just the, the I think culture. You know, you, you really it's different. It's a different to, world. Mm-hmm. But you know, there are agents in Richmond that are selling forty million, Absolutely. whatever. Like there, there's bigger agents in Richmond mm-hmm. than than Lexington. Yep. Like you know, there's a handful here that are big big time producers at Keller Williams primarily. But man, Richmond's got some yeah. agents that are just smoking, just killers. Yeah. Like, and 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 the cool thing is that they have such a great access to Southern and Eastern Kentucky and all of those. They can drive all really, that. Yeah. I wouldn't do it, wouldn't but do like it. they can. <laughs> um, but I think yeah. So I came up from Richmond, and and honestly, I hardly looked back. And then you know, I went to college at UK. I, I studied design and um, ended up in that world. And, and after that, so for a while I did that. And then I went back into kind of a graphics, um, side. And then in that, it just kind of allowed me to, to freelance and to kind of grow my curiosity. Um, and I think that that, that's what kind of led me down to that downtown area because that's where I saw, you know, things changing. That's where I saw things, um, opportunity changing. In, in 2006. And so that was 2006. Jim Gray actually was running for mayor in 2008. I think that's what, that was our year. And then the big change happened and then every, you know, the big block came down and, and, and yeah. you know, oh, oh gosh, my, my whole youth <laughs> yes. died before my eyes. But then, you know, it really did <laughs> make me think about, gosh, what, what do we need in Lexington to quote, make Lexington cool? And, and, and I think Jim Gray really, really did that yeah oh gosh yeah and and you know I think those effects are still being felt and yeah you know as great as Linda is and and as a mayor and I think you know she's she gets to ride on such a great wave from here and it's um something that like yeah it's been really really cool I look back at you know she's just gonna Joe Biden that out (laughs) isn't she that is the perfect thing. And oh, honest shit. to God, I actually thought that the other day. I was like, that's what You're Linda like, really is. Yeah, she is. That is perfect. Yeah. She just doesn't poke people. I'm Joe <laughs> like, Biden. That. She's not like, creepy yeah, about it. Yeah, she's not creepy. <laughs> she doesn't bite fingers or anything that I've seen so far. Man, yeah. I don't know. I think I think it's just, it's important to be part of, and we'll, and I think we can touch on this one too with this. It's important to be part of your downtown your commerce, Lexington, your, you know, your area, just, you know, we talk about networking, but it's not, I think somebody made this joke the other day. It's not, it's called actually not working. Nope. Networking is never going to be something that you're going to get sales from, but gosh, no, how cool it's is really it? not. Right. But how cool is it to go to a place to hear, you know, about a project that's coming up in the future that, you know, if you hadn't have been there at that right place, right time, you might not have ever been, had your fingers on a project. You could have gotten involved with something that you feel passionate about so I think that that's, you know, why I, um, why I came, why I stayed, why I'm staying downtown in that area. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I, and if you look at my phone, you saw that. So my phone just constantly buzzes no matter what. I have Same. thousands and thousands, I feel like, every single day. And I just turn it over and I'm like, eh, This is why I do this. World. It's an hour of my time that I, I, I don't have to look at that's that. Amazing. 
I set it away. You know, I've got a lot of shit going on. I've got I've got so many clients right now. Mm-hmm. I can't keep up with everybody and I'm I'm feeling it. Right. But this is an hour that I sit down and I'm like, you know, it's I want so to about cool. I want to talk about your shit right now. Like Dude. I don't want to talk about mine. Like it's it. cathartic. It really it's therapeutic. So, you know, I like that and I like that you took this opportunity to do it cuz I always <sighs> I'm such an anxious person, so I could never Same. have done this. Really? So like- My anxiety is on a note. That's why I sell the amount of volume that I sell. Like, so normal people don't need to sell 50, 60 homes a year. They don't do. need to. But I need to. <laughs> like, I can't. I don't feel good right. if I'm if I sold 20 homes a year I wouldn't feel good about it right that's not to say other people shouldn't because that's a lot of property yeah. but like my anxiety will not allow me to just be like oh you know I sold one house this month I'm I'm like I'm gonna lose my business yeah yeah I know <laughs> so okay so here and, and, and I'm gonna turn the table even though you said I don't want to talk about me but but that's a really good question I I, I have for somebody that does sell like a, you know 40 50 60 homes a year when you're looking at that do you is your goal to replicate that business every year or do you have a different goal that might be something like I want to take the the revenue that I'm getting out of this and, and start to invest in something else no or- oh god no yeah. thinking forward (laughs) no I have been there and done that and I I owned a rental property off North Lime I remember Um, that it it kicked my ass (laughs) like it really I had an Airbnb it ran me ragged I couldn't keep up and then I had a regular rental and she didn't pay me so I had to do an eviction and I was like I'm cursed I'm selling it <laughs> oh and I got robbed um someone oh broke gosh. in and stole all my really nice Airbnb stuff out of the house and now I look back I'm like man I should have held on to that property because the value is so strong now right but I sold it and I was like I'll never be a landlord again I hate it I didn't sleep for probably six months then I was like, this past year, I was like, I'm going to move into flipping. And I flipped a house on Travelers. And I love the process, but like, I didn't make any money. And the, my, it, I, I'm a big Zillow person and I, I really enjoy it. And my rep was like, your call rate went down so much from June to October. And I was like, June to October? That's your big That's when I was right. flipping a house. Right. And that's what happened to me is, you know, I thought, well, I'm going to make, you know, $40,000 or whatever. But really, if I would have just not done that and right. answered my phone, I would have probably made, uh, I would have I would have definitely made a lot more money if yeah. I would have just answered my phone. I so that. I learned that lesson. <clears throat> I, every lesson I learn has to be the hardest way possible. And that's how I built my business is the hardest way possible. And you know, would I like to sell the same amount this year or as last year? Yeah, I would. Um, I don't feel like I'm on track to do that. Uh-huh. But, you know, we're in January. So, right. like, who knows? But I don't really... The Two years ago, I, you know, I set a goal of last year. I wanted to sell 75 homes. And I didn't hit that. I sold uh, 55 or something. Mm-hmm. But So, I didn't hit that goal. And I thought... You know, I I know KW is big on the goal. Every agent's big on setting their goals. But, you know, I just want to survive. Like, yeah. I don't, if I sell 40 homes and I'm I'm not having to get a regular job, like, great, You're man. You're living your dream <laughs> at that point. <laughs> no, when I first started, I wanted to make 40000 a year. And I was like, if I could make forty k a year and, like, 
you know, great. And, you know, 40K sounds so far back now. Mm-hmm. Like, but, you know, if I ever go back and I'm like, I, I if I make 50000 a year, then I'm, you know, uh, great. Like, right. whatever. I love that. <laughs> no, I think, that's, I think that's fantastic. And I think, you know, it goes back to what is your what, what's your goal what's your you know what's your purpose I, d- I don't know if I, I have one like I I should yours is to not fail it sounds like <laughs> I just don't want to get a real job yeah. like that's it that's awesome that's all I that's all I want to do I think that's fantastic I do and, and do you have goals I do um and mine are shifting right now into you know I, I want to grow two successful companies and I think that in that I have to I have to prioritize what I do well you're growing um, yourself but you're also having now to grow other people people mm-hmm. which sounds kind of awesome it's really exactly where I think I, I I'm, I'm supposed to be um it's a challenge it's hard it's it's you know it's heartbreaking sometimes will you get your brokers there. to do uh, that funny story actually I just had that conversation with Marianne the other day we should I, do it together yeah I thought about yep, doing it this year I love it and I was gonna I was thinking about doing it um ASAP so yeah I would I'm a little nervous. Right I'm a little nervous. I've heard it's I've heard it's very difficult, but then I, I see other people good. do it and I'm like, if you can do it, like shit, that's I can do that. It's a knowledge base though, right? Like I mean, if you just have that much more knowledge and and capability, well, of course. But I'm it's also liability. <laughs> not if we're but I'm not going to leave even if I have it. It's not like I'm No, I'm not going to leave either. Right. I don't want to be like I don't want to be Greg back. I don't want to be Marianne, <laughs> but you know, I think you're held to a, a I think you're held a, to a higher, higher standard, standard and you know, sometimes I want that and sometimes I don't know if I want that. You can come to me and I can always tell you no. Ignorance <laughs> is bliss, <laughs> man. <laughs> it's true. Um, so how how did you, you went from this transition mm-hmm. of design and architecture. What, you know, you could have been an architect, mm-hmm. but what made you decide that you were going to sell real estate instead? Um, money? <laughs> money is definitely an incentive. Helping people was definitely an incentive. And what I realized, I think, in the long run was that, you know, I'm back to that design world and, and I'm back to that other side that I, I just, I hadn't found my voice. I hadn't found my right, the right place yet. I, and I was, I think ultimately what it was, was that I was working for someone else's goal. And, right. and that was something that I... In, in every other place, you know, that I've been in. And, and so now, you know, where I get to look at that and say, I want to grow other people and grow and help them figure out what their goals are and help them however I can. And in the meantime, my passion and love is in that design world. So that's where I grow. And Which that's helps you I, with your growing your you business talk about anyway. Catharsis. Absolutely. It does. I mean, it's, it's great for, for, you know, marketing and, 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 you know, our, le- our listings logos and, our leverage and, and, the logos yeah. and all that stuff. But, but for me, it's that, it's that kind of moment where it's my Zen and it goes back to cool properties and cool things that we really want to, you know, sell. If it doesn't exist here, somebody's got to create it. And, and that's, you know, ultimately we've goal. we've had quite long conversations about mm-hmm. goals and visions and things that we that we see downtown or properties coming that we you know we've talked in depth about mm-hmm. this and oh, it's yeah. any, anyway I mean so right now in your business are you are you more working buyers or sellers Ooh, um 
right now more sellers. I am um, more selling and that's something that it goes back to again, marketing and, and I get to spend a little bit more time on, on the actual project side of it and, and, and preparing the house, which is something that I prefer. Um, I think statistically, you've probably heard this before, um, we spend an average with a seller, we spend an average time of around six hours, I think, statistic versus 16 with a buyer. And you get a lot less of that kind of opportunity to really speak out. I love my buyers. And and I think that it is such a special thing to be able to work with buyers and help them find dream homes. But um, at the end of the day, I think we all have 24 hours in the day and I don't have 16 hours to spend on average with a buyer, I think. And, right. and my, that said, other people do that are really fantastic with it. So it goes back to finding that, that awesome talent. I, I love it. And I, yeah. I love that relationship. I always, I generally feel closer to buyers than sellers. For and I, sure. I really, I, I kind of, I enjoy it more. I know listings are lasting and um, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a top, I'm a top 1% agent. Mm-hmm. I need to, I need to list. But do I enjoy it as much? No, I don't right. think I do. And I think you go where your heart is served, you know, at that point and, and, and keep where you're doing good and then maybe co-list or, you know, work with somebody that that's, you know, maybe that's that's their comfort zone. Because if your comfort zone is, is, is what you're great at, then continue to grow that. That's my thought, at least on it. Yeah. I mean, like, I know that I love my buyers, but I have to. I, I Our have time to to, is. Right. Is, and they valuable deserve, exactly it's not my time it's their time too and 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 they deserve my best and if I can't give them that to find their dream home then I'm better served elsewhere and they're better served by somebody else and that's 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 great you know I'm, I'm okay with that realization um so we I I want to talk to you a little bit more about downtown mm-hmm. and you know do we do we have a problem with gentrification in downtown Lexington um I have, I don't think it's that. I, I think that we have a problem with affordability. We do, um, yeah. And, and, and I think that that, that comp, I think to use the word cop out is maybe a little bit too strong to say that we have a gentrification problem, but I do feel like we don't have a solution um, for going back to the affordability. So once we do take those, those worst of the worst homes in those areas, because when I look at those projects that we worked on on seventh street or York street and all that, yeah. And all of those ones, you know, we're taking homes that were infested or they were, you know, they were, were, they were horrid, right? Dirt floors. (laughs) They're falling in on themselves. And were people living on the, in the homes on York or or seventh or yeah. And a lot of those there, they were habited. There were still people. Where do they, so where, where did those people go? So that's a great question. And, 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 I don't know. And on a lot of these projects, you you can't, I don't know. Some but of them have did, been moved. They into... did sell. So like seven, mm-hmm. like York Street. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if you haven't been down York, freaking go down York Street. Yeah. Like I, I think of it as Lexington's experimental street it where is. we just like go nuts. And people like you are just like, you know what? We looked at that We're going to go nuts over yeah. here. And and it's very, very cool. But like I, well, I saw York. Chris Nahn and, and Richard, not me. Like, but, you know, we got to work on there. And I think it was a really cool project. Very cool. Like, but I remember when I first moved here, that was that was just starting to be a thing and they were just starting to be for sale. But I didn't get to see the properties that were on it before. But you can kind of see some are still there and some are not. But I'm assuming those people you know, some, some developer, some builder offered them a price and they were like, yes, we will sell and move on. 
So, I mean, it was their decision. So a lot of those were like that. And, and well, in that project very specifically too, um, anybody that was in a house that would be quote displaced, um, had an opportunity with a grant and with some of the things to be able to purchase that. So it's similar to like Davis park, Mm -hmm. Davis. Is that what it's called? Davis park. I think of it as like Irish Bottoms, but it's not. That's <laughs> um, what it used to be. It's Dave or Davis Bottoms yeah, or yeah, something. Davis Park. It's called, right. You know what I'm talking yes. about. Yeah. So yeah, they the they guide realty. Given, yeah. Correct, and they're awesome. Gosh, are, are they not? The what a beautiful property! There. What a beautiful project! I mean, I wish I I had terrible terrible luck trying to sell them, but man, I have showed the crap out of those properties, <laughs> and they are they are beautiful right. quality. If I mean, good night. Yeah. Yeah. So neat. <laughs> And so I, I think this, going back to that gentrification part, a lot of these properties that I'd say that you see that were landlords that had, you know, properties that, that were allowing... Slumlords? Slumlords. Slumlords. Um, <laughs> thank you. We spilled a tea on this <laughs> show. Let's just get into it. That's the like. one. So slumlords that were down there that, that allowed people to live in properties that, that were that were basically uninhabitable, that yeah. were maybe just a roof overhead, that were drug houses, that were people yeah. that were pushing prostitution and pushing drugs and pushing things that, you know, when I look at that and say, well, somebody is coming in here and they're going to take something and... and reapply not to raise necessarily neighborhood values but they are coming in to to create a project that that creates an opportunity for somebody that does live in the area right. to get something that is mostly affordable now the problem i think goes back to this there are people that are displaced there are people that don't have affordable options that is a public private you know, opportunity, I think we have a lot of opportunity zones that we talk about, but more than anything, I don't think we've really thought this out yet on, on how, how disproportionate affordability is and, and is getting ready to become. And, um, I don't think we're on a a level now, like we're not Nashville. We're not Portland, Oregon. We are not, we're, we're not San Francisco. I mean, we're just, you know, I don't think, I don't think it's such a problem now, but, you know, we need to look at places like Nashville and, mm-hmm. and look at what they're doing that's great and look at what's not so great. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a big proponent of urban infill. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a fan. You know, if they're not going to let us build uh, urban services boundary bullshit, then <laughs> then we need to we'll look at urban see. infill. And that's just how it is. Right. And Nashville was doing that, too. And but relaxing some of the, the exactly, things that we have Exactly. There. This... You know, in Nashville, it's uh, over 100 people a day are moving mm-hmm. in. They're running out of property. They're going to have to tear down and build a fourplex on the land. And people are going to have to just get down with that. Right. And lose some of those, you know, crazy easements and crazy, you know, right. new things that people are having. And allow multi, multifamily and, and um, things like those smaller you know, short blocks that we call um, where people are actually able to live, work, and, you know, what we say play. But, you know, in those areas... Um, yeah, I think that, you know, we're, we're doing a good job. Our urban council is, is really, or our urban planning, you know, area is really looking at that, um, to get ahead of it. But I think that, are they all old white men? No, no, actually, actually we have a really awesome, um, I don't know. I didn't know. I mean, you know, that would be a really fun conversation. I think Brandy, um, it's Peter now, Berryman, it used to be Brandy Berryman, um, is still on that planning council. I, I, I can't remember if that's where she is. She is a baller. And honestly, that is a lady to talk to about, you know, future and future. Is she an agent or is she? No, she's an architect. 
Cool. Um, yeah, yeah, she's cool. she's pretty rad. Um, but all of that said, like these 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 are the issues that I think. Like you're right. I think that we're not quite in Nashville. We're not quite a, a Portland. But that's. I mean, I think what, that's good. They oh need to gosh, look at those places. Yeah, yeah, because we will be. And 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 the more that we create commerce and for people to come in and more opportunity we have for people to come in that are out of college or, you know, whatever right. it is, we need housing. We need yeah, we do. I mean, relatively affordable. And not- I'm, I'm, I'm just going to put this out there that a shed in the backyard is not going to solve not anyone's problems. Solve not at all. And it's just, it's not going to help anybody. No, I, I, so. so I'm a proponent of ADUs. I think that they are a great opportunity for, you know, grandparents or, you know, in-laws, suites or whatever it is. But for but me, But let's be real. There, Who's no going to live in that? Nobody. It's, and, it's millennials and people like myself and I'm uh, be that happy. are crushing, crushing to death on student debt. Yes. That's the people in Portland, Oregon that are living in those. It is not your grandmother. I mean, it's really not. And it's unfortunate. Grandma has enough money to buy her own damn house. (laughs) Grandma should be the one that actually goes. Right, right. So So the city sold this to people Mm -hmm. because they're racist (laughs) and they're ageist and they're sexist and they're all the isms. But the city wanted to sell it on to people and be like, your sweet grandma's going to live back there. And yeah. I'm like, no, she's not. <laughs> I totally understand that. I agree. And I, well, I, I think it's this. I think you're selling on the the path of least resistance. So there exactly. are other options that you can go and you can pick. It takes a, lot, a little bit more money, a little bit more time. But like you said, I, I do feel like infill might be, you know, something that we have to look at easing up things. And then also just, just looking at, like, just take a pool and run, run some analysis on, you know, like we were saying, people that with crush debt and say you know what I, I realize that you don't want to live in a tiny home community no, or a trailer community or whatever it is how can we how can we solve this like what are the you know what you can are the solve things? it by being very careful who you yeah. vote for well, I guess also, they're definitely that you know it start it definitely starts at the polls and it definitely starts <laughs> at doing your dealers and, and more than anything realizing that that somebody else isn't going to solve our problems we have to present that's right some sort of options out there that are better than what we've what that's we're right getting, so so uh, that was a tough conversation that I put <laughs> that, you through I it. would so, love to expound on at another at a later date because that is something that I feel really strongly we'll, about we'll c- you can come back yeah of course anytime. gosh I'd love to talk affordability so here's another tough conversation hmm. for you that I talk about with almost everyone on the show is the the news day piece the have you seen the it? Long Island one, right? The Long like Island Newsday mm-hmm. piece about um, discrimination in the real estate industry. I mean, this was real. These were they were wearing cameras. I mean, you you can't. It's on camera, man. You can't it. deny it. Right. So how you know? And I had Eli on the show, and Eli is building a business and a brokerage that is very inclusive and very uh, diverse. I love and that. and I think I think it's great. I think he's great. Like. I, I'm just a, a huge fan, mm-hmm. but how do we, how does NAR, how does LBAR look more like lifestyle real estate? <laughs> I think that's a great question. You know what we do? We close our eyes and we listen for talent. I mean, outside of that. Hot damn. Like, I've never heard anyone say that. I, I, think about it that way though. You know, I mean, like talent is blind. I mean, talent is out there. It's, it's has nothing to do with any, any sort of, of our, our, what we could discriminate against and 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 people that are selling at a high level are ethical i mean they typically end up being that person because otherwise right. they're going to get found out i mean and so i like point, to think that think, but there's a lot of people well, out there that, just, that maybe skirt by that i'm like i'm like, I'm like really 
maybe I misspoke, <laughs> but but I do think that that I think that, that really and truly, if we just close our eyes and and really just act on our our clients' best interests as we are supposed to do, then you know we're going to find those people. And, and, and I think that, you know, from that national level, you're looking at the, the NAR, it is reaching out to people. It is being proactive. And I think that, I think what's happened in a lot of these places where people are put into, or, you know, placed into their, um, their roles, it's that they aren't necessarily rock stars. They just said, Oh, sure. I'll take that role. And then they wanted a status. And so that status continues to kind of steamroll or snowball, I guess, into the, I know a guy, I know a guy, I know a guy. And Mm -hmm. it always tends to be some, you know, some bro that somebody else knows. So I think it is, it's about, you know, really kind of getting a wider pool and really deep diving into those, doing our due diligence from, you know, that, that kind of upward perspective, looking out at people that is rising talent or, you know, people that have, the ability or the want to to join in on those things, and I think that that goes back to Elbar too. I, I I personally am not there, um, and I think it's because it feels like it's it's you know it feels like of, a white man. It does. It, it's well, it does that. It also feels like that <laughs> that weird like. Um, grandfathery yeah like everybody like you're you're invited in oh please i I pay dues a lot of money to be part of this place you know and like like i'm sorry no disrespect i i have joined a committee this year i'm on the rpac committee and the um, political affairs or something see and i can't just because i am tired of the shit like I'm just tired of it. And, yeah, yeah. you know, get ready. Cause, right. like, I'm not good. I'm just, I'm glad that you I'm not it. nice. I'm just not nice. Shouldn't and be. And I look, I'm tired. Yeah. It's, I'm tired of that. Like, yeah, look, it's just, these are conversations that no one is talking about. Right. When I go to the L bar dinners for the presidents and all this shit, and <laughs> you look around and it's like two black people in the room, and you're like, wow, like, there's 3,500 of right. us, and they're, there are agents that I am friends with that have been selling real estate for over a decade and their average price point is about 160. Why does that happen? You cannot tell me that it's because they don't hustle and they don't work harder than a white dude that's been selling for two years that sells, yeah. you know, $800,000 property. Right. You cannot tell me it's because they don't work as hard. I 100% agree with that. I, I definitely, you know, and I, I go back to being number one, a, a foreigner to Lexington. Um, and, and I'm only from Richmond, but, and I've been here for, you know, 20 plus years. But what I've noticed over the years is it, it is. It's, but you it's are still, someone that cares about your, your adaptation downtown person you care about it took so long you care about things like that Mm -hmm. it took a lot longer to get there gosh you know what the funny thing is I'll go back even farther the day I came to UK and looked around and was like I don't have any friends here. I don't know anyone. I didn't. That's how I felt when I I came to Lexington. Right. right. And and, and it took a long time, a long time to find people and to find my people or whatever that was, um, because I felt like it wasn't super inviting. And it's not, it's not easy. Yeah, it's not. This is a hard market to be in, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, as, as a real, from the real estate perspective, but for just, just in the perspective of, of just coming in, because it does have a, a very, very integrated, um, blue blood, ne- blue blood type. Yeah. yeah. And, and if it's, it is definitely a, who, you know, so shaking that up is, is definitely, I think it, more challenging. It's funny because I do get to talk to a lot of agents in larger markets and a lot of a- other areas that are like, what are you talking about? We just made some phone calls. We sold some you know, right. houses. We made some listing appointments and we're like, 
What? <laughs> Everybody knows, you know, I like, gosh, I even lost a, um, an, a listing this week to an agent here at this one because I basically kind of the same thing. I, they, they, you know, they researched a couple of agents, but you know, somebody that knew this person that knew this person. You lost knew it to old white dude, didn't you? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not that old. <laughs> Grandpa. Um, <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, no, and, and that's my fault. My fault for not being, you know, even more accessible, but it, it shouldn't be because I guarantee you somebody would have waited for, you know, somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody because they said they are, you know, so it is, I think, I think it goes back to, it is my job to build my brand and my person and my right. professionalism. But at the same time, there are definitely, definitely discriminatory things that happen whether we know it or not. They're biases. I don't know if they're fully discriminatory. Do you think there is a discrimination problem in the real estate business? And I, Gosh, I, I don't not. I don't necessarily mean uh, um, like in the Newsday piece right. where it's um, client and on, on the agent. Right. Because I do think that definitely happens. Yeah. But on an agent to other agent level or on a, on a buyer to an agent level, right. I think it happens... Just as much, you know? You know, I, gosh, I, I hate to wear rose-colored glasses on things because it goes back to... Maybe that's a good thing. You know, maybe it is. And, it, and I look at it and I, I like to think that it's a productivity-based thing and, and that we're not... It's possible that we're not doing the thing... We're not answering the right questions to be able to get to that listing appointment or that buyer or whatever it is to to really... to to put ourselves in front of there. So, so yeah, sure. A, a blue blood might only have to ask two questions and say, all right, I'm listing your house. Whereas I might have to go through, you know, a full formal, you know, you wear a ball gown, wear a ball yeah. gown, dance them out, take them out to dinner you right. know, and say this, <laughs> this was just on me, um, with my last $5 in my bank or whatever it is. But like, I, I look at that and I, I just think that, you know, <sighs> The try harder aspect is 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 something that I, it does get us there, you know. And if not anything else, it per- perfects conversation, and it perfects our ability to be able to to have more conversations. And those people, I guarantee you, whether they list or don't list with you, are still going to remember you and what a great conversation they had with you. I Maybe don't. it turns into something yeah. else. Who knows? Maybe it turns into something else. How do knows. we? How do we repair? Well, I think we talked about it a little mm-hmm. bit, but how do we repair that image that we we don't have a great image? I mean, no, yeah, we're we, used car salesmen. Yeah. We're used car salesmen. We make a lot of money for doing literally nothing. You know, that's the that's the that's perception. The perception. And so, how do we change something like that? I think it goes back to that conversation, that initial conversation, um, creating expectation. And, and and then going back to that training, um, you know. But I, I and I know that the real estate industry tends to be relatively low. There are at least a lot of other industries that are even lower than us at this point. I used to work as a, in a in journalism, so mm-hmm. that used to be a highly highly respected field. And now Did you we are that? dog shit. Yeah. So. Did you see that the um, the barometer? The uh, gosh, what's it called? Um, Edelman's trust barometer this past year. No. I, I want to bring that. I'm going to send this to you later on. I'll, it's probably depressing. It. It's so sad because, I mean, not just us, but the journalism and government, that, that no one's competent and no one's capable, basically. And, and, and to think that that's, you know, going back into journalism, going back into government, going back even into the business world, that NGOs aren't even something that people can run properly. Where are we in the world? <laughs> Have you ever seen um, the movie, what's the movie, Idiocracy? Yes, that's that is exactly the, the race to the freaking bottom. It's electro, like, electrolyte. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, that's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> like, um, and that too, man. Like, I think that that's the way we're heading. And, and so our job is to continue to elevate and, and remember that, you know, not just the new agents, but the old agents, they are going to go by the way of the dinosaur. They, 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 they either fall out due to attrition, they fall out due to the fact that they can't get the business because they're not professional. Right. And they're not capable of having those, those systems, models, tools, and really building a great business and reputation. And I think that that's really the way it is. I don't know. I mean, I think that I, I think, who knows, maybe it's just, you know, continuing these great conversations with people and, and, and these so. with each other and, and elevating each other might be another big maybe one. Maybe we know? should need to stop shitting on each it's other. It's so true. You know? it is have you, have you looked on the Elbar Facebook page I like ever? I had, I actually reason. unfollowed, I, well, I, I follow, but I hit it so mm-hmm. that I don't have to just see a real bitch fest like yeah. every day. Gosh, I mean, so, you know, that's why do we shit that. on everyone for the no way idea. they run their business? Every I mean, single day. for God's sake, like mind your own business. Right. Well, and that goes back to that productivity breeds productivity conversation, right? So if I'm sitting there on that Facebook page and dogging somebody else, A, their business that can come back to me, but also <laughs> good grief. Shouldn't I, should I, while they're over there on that conversation doing whatever it is and ambition about something else maybe if I go make some phone calls I might make some sales and then I don't have anything right? to complain about do I but I, I do you know there's a it's a fine line for this mm-hmm. for me because I do I do see it a lot and you know maybe I, I'm doing a lot of things that other agents do not they yeah. just think that it's not great I use Zillow I'm a cold caller I might be calling an expired listing that you couldn't sell you know eight months ago I think that's fantastic it's, it is it's fine, you know, but, you know, on the other hand, there are people doing very unethical things. Sure. And do I think you should be called out for it? Yeah, sometimes I do, but like, you know. Well, you know, we have that and that we have a process for that. And and I think that it goes back to instead of just loud mouthing and blabbing it out on Facebook or whatever it is and, and calling somebody out we have respect for each other and and it is saying hey you know i noticed that this is something do we need to take this to the next level is that something that you know do, do, can we come to an agreement here or or is this something that we need to take to that mediation level and then finally you know we really look at it and i think we have that process for a reason but when we're so quick to jump on everything and not come to that kind of thing i think that we spend more time getting frustrated and upset with each other instead of again building each other up and, there are, and there's just so many times <laughs> that I've I could have taken other people down totally and I'm like I really I don't have an inkling of time for right? you like you know I I this this year this year we're not even into a full month right I have lost two clients for for from other agents that I I was working one Uh of them I have under a buyer's rep and they bought with another agent he you know new construction whatever the other one I show them property I'm like are you working with an agent no I'm not well someone else calls me and is like they're my friends and I'm like you know all right (laughs) you know and I (laughs) I really just kind of I chalk it up to like you clearly need the money more than I do, mm-hmm. or you wouldn't be acting the right. way that you're acting. So you that. need the money more than I do. Good luck to you. Right. Let's but, solve that problem. I mean, January has really just kicked my ass. Like, <laughs> here we are, not even a month Oh, I tell like, you, man. Yeah. So and my, that goes back to where I, I love the idea of representing, you know, sellers or, or people that um, are in fillers or, you know, something like that, because it is, it's a lot easier. That drama goes away. It <laughs> does. It's, it's all about money or it's all about, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But 
I appreciate what you're doing. I look at what you're doing and you're selling property that you want to sell. You know, you're, you're working people that you want to work. And I, I, I want to do a little bit more of that yeah. in 2020. Well, I think this was, me too. I know what, me too, but I want to do it with people like you. And I think that's the reason, you know, that we're having this conversation is, is how great houses for great people to yeah. live in and, and great things for us to be able to do and have fun with our job and continue to do I just, what we're doing. I want to have a little bit more fun yeah. this year oh, than man. last year. Like, totally. I don't know, January is just going to be like a fluke, but you know i you know yeah Gosh, there's so many conversations fluke or not that you whatever know, yeah, you know whatever. i'm hey whatever <laughs> <laughs> my whatever. last question for you uh-huh. is what makes you passionate about this mm, about, about real this estate business yeah yeah um well it goes back to the people again um it's it is it is seeing that light bulb whether it's a buyer a seller a um you know and a really happy person that went through something whether it's a an agent that got you know had a really fantastic deal that you know maybe i held their hand a little bit with or um maybe it's it's pulling somebody on that you know they're like you were saying a second ago like this might not be their month but let's figure out you know some sort of path to be able to to really grow and grow your business so you can get to a point of where you're you know, uh, in, in a great place. You're not going to jump out a window. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, we look at that, that roller coaster all the time. Yeah. Gosh, we live that. And, and so, yeah, I think that's where that, what's, that is what makes me passionate. And I think that out of that, if a real estate sale comes here out of that, then that's fantastic. You know, my job is to just be educated and, and be in the path of, of, of greatness, wherever that comes from. You're just a real gem of a human. Dude, I just gotta say, no like way. I, every time I see you, I'm like, I just, I just want like a little bit of Amy Van Winkle to just like rub off on me, and I can be this like just cool person, like Don't great make me person. Cry, man. Oh man. No, Get you're just a gem of a person. If people don't know you, like they should, Thank like you. they just should. No, man. Other people bring it out. You know, it's 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 hard not to wake up in the day and 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 you know look at somebody and hear somebody say something fun and and, and not laugh at a joke and and not take that with you to your next to your next place. So I want to you know. I want to I want to live like that. Oh, yeah, yes. I appreciate it. Thank you for being here. Thanks Thank for you for having. being in my woke ridge. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. This is me and Amy Van Winkle, and this is a good one. So you you should really listen. You can listen to us on Spotify and iTunes and uh, thewokeagent.com. And please please follow me on Facebook and Amy as well. Heck yeah. Thank you for listening.